Maybe this will just be like a real, a real low key episode. Just like, hey guys, just mumble. I know, just like monotone the whole time. So, Phineas um, <laughs> and verb. Just perfect. Once this again, one's like a wait. We'll just make this one like a sleep one, <laughs> like an like, ASMR. Really calm. Like, yeah, we're just like okay. So this episode, verb. <laughs> like a calm story. Yeah. <laughs> Lay down. Take a deep breath. Deep breath. <laughs> Imagine a forest. Um, okay, perfect. I feel great about that. Let's really calmly introduce oh, this podcast that we do. Awesome. Uh, welcome, everyone, to another episode of Podcast Without a Cool Acronym. I think I actually maybe don't have a calm voice. Is that uh, something you can learn? Anyway, no. that's what this is. <laughs> I'm Hannah. The and I'm Mara. The this most is Mara. Calm. The calm one. Mm-hmm. That's actually my middle name. It's not. Mara Calm <laughs> Podcast. Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, this is just a podcast where we talk about Phineas and Ferb. And sometimes while we do that, I take a short nap. Okay. Uh, today we're talking. Actually, I'm excited to talk about these episodes. Um, they're, because they're good there's like a lot of good stuff in them. Uh, episode 105A and 105B. 105A is Raging Bully, which, Mm -hmm. uh, as the name might imply, for those of you (laughs) familiar with the canon, (laughs) is our character introduction to Buford, who has been on screen before, but I don't think has spoken any words before. I agree. Okay, great. We get a lot of that. We get like three or four new characters in this episode that either appear or are mentioned for the first time, so... Yeah, it's pretty great. Exciting. Uh, yeah, okay. So we start <laughs> this episode uh, with classic Candace sitting in her favorite living room chair that's just sitting mm-hmm. in the li- middle of the living room. No mm-hmm. other furniture anywhere. Um, she's scrolling through a bunch of pictures that she's taken of Jeremy on her phone, <laughs> many of which are not good and all yeah. of which are grounds like legally actionable <laughs> if you're Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> honestly a recurring theme yeah. uh we'll get to it also um, i just want to pause to talk about jeremy's slushy dog uniform which is oh, also grounds for a lawsuit <laughs> honestly abusive like why uh, yeah. why a testament to candace's love that she still has a yeah. card on jeremy despite the fact that he has to wear that outfit ever uh linda walks into the living room and she announces that her jazz trio has a gig at the squat and stitch uh my favorite sentence that linda's ever said okay uh same <laughs> like squat and stitch yes so. if i i wish that we had a squat and stitch that looks amazing like hang out in a mall cafeteria and yeah knit listen to live freeform jazz i mean yeah so she's at the squat and stitch uh definitely would love to be at a squat and stitch and i've already lost my place in my notes we're one second into the episode okay okay so (laughs) um linda's jazz trio consists of mrs garcia shapiro who's playing the upright bass uh, Linda mm-hmm. is playing keyboard and triangle, and Mrs. Johnson mm-hmm. is playing a drum set. I would buy their album. Uh, then uh, we see Candace uh, like in the cafeteria with the boys, and she's like splitting up the cash that Linda gave them. Which, like, do you remember going to the mall and like everybody would get twenty dollars? <gasps> okay, I also wrote that down. Yeah, I was like, is that a universal experience? Why it's did I maybe think a that was core just us? For sure. Oh yeah, also, absolutely. Like, the most freedom I've ever felt in my whole life. Yeah. And then she immediately is like, I'm going to Mr. Slushy Dog to harass Jeremy. Um, <laughs> Phineas is like, where's Perry? Perry is entering a lair entrance inside a clearly fake vending machine, which like scans yeah. his little duck foot to open the passageway. Uh, he goes down a slide and then it like stops. The slide like oh, levels out and he has to like scoot to the end of the slide. And then when he gets into his lair, monogram yeah. is like, Sorry about that. Our slide waxing has jury duty. Sure. Yeah. What, which, once again, Perry the Platypus is putting up with the most for this Just a whole lot. Especially 
because the next thing that happens is that he gives him his little briefing and like I guess a lot more of the briefings than I realized are just like a list of things that Doofenshmirtz has purchased. This time it's four helicopter blades, two dozen party balloons, and six thousand light bulbs, uh, which is too many light bulbs. And (laughs) (laughs) while he's saying this, the like little icons and numbers show up on the screen, which I was like, that seems patronizing. Like Perry knows what a balloon looks like. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, he doesn't need a visual aid. Um, But it is helpful because this is the first mention that we get of Carl. He gets named in this episode because Monogram is like, hey, Carl, you left the little icon thing up on the screen. Um, Also, I looked this up because I was just looking up some of these characters that we meet for the first-ish time to, like, find out if I was imagining that or not. And apparently Carl's name is canonically Carl Carl, question mark? (laughs) Wait, sorry, what? It's Carl, C-A-R-L. Carl K A R L. What? This is what it says on the wiki page, which, okay. to be clear, I didn't like totally read, but I mean, I saw that part and then I checked to see if the first time he showed up in this episode and then I was like, Carl, 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 Carl. Crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. I'm going to double check. Okay. Yeah, Carl, Carl. Mm, okay, no, that's uh, uh, awesome. Anyway, Carl, Carl uh, is mentioned but not seen on screen. Great. So, uh, Perry gets done with his briefing and like leaves to go find Doofus Mertz. Candace is at Mr. Slushy Dog. She is being an absolute <laughs> Oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> she is laughing like a maniac. <laughs> she takes Jeremy's picture under extremely thinly veiled pretext. <laughs> yeah. She's like, my cell phone appears to be ringing, which it's not. And then she just takes his picture. She's standing <laughs> one foot away from his face. Uh, Jeremy is correctly terrified. (laughs) Um, Although we'll discuss Jeremy's behavior later in this episode because Mm. they're both equally insane. Yeah. Um, Then Phineas and Ferb are in the cafeteria. I guess they're doing an experiment to see how long it takes ice cream to melt. Okay, that was my question. I was like, first of all, that looks boring. Second of all, why would you waste a two scoop ice cream cone on that? That's just... Right. Just what? Also, like, what are you doing with that data? Why? why? I know. What? Phineas literally goes, that was an interesting experiment. I'm like, it literally wasn't. Like, it like, wasn't. It, it was not. Not. Then <laughs> they pan over. Belgique is sitting right next to them at the same table. Incredible. Um, and this is Belgique's first speaking role as well. And he has his little, like, Orange Julius and 17 books, um, <laughs> which I have in my notes is the same energy as that time you went to a party in New York City and brought your own Tupperware of leftover pasta. No, 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 no. <laughs> you are mixing up my stories. Oh, please I tell me. pasta to homecoming. I oh, okay, my bad. Go to a party in New York. They provided the pasta. Though. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> would I have brought some if they had not provided <laughs> it? Absolutely. To be clear, <laughs> I didn't bring pasta to that party. <laughs> um, okay, I take it back. You've never done anything <laughs> like this in your entire life. It's, anyway. Yeah, anyway. Uh Belgique has textbooks at this table he's like studying i guess um he's also apparently unfamiliar with the concept of summer vacation which okay did you do any research on belgi for this episode i mean no what kind of research <laughs> well you know just like just casual just checking Belgique out the boards research. um no okay so i read his page on the wiki yeah. so like belgi was added as a character specifically to have a character who like came from a culture that didn't have summer vacation which i was like mm. i at first i was like do they not have summer vacation in india also it seems like belgium's lived in the united states i know right time. it's like okay and then i was like oh i think they what they meant to do was like just like kind of a racist assumption which is that okay, because yeah. he's like an indian kid like he has to study all the time huh. which i was like that's not super cool i mean it it kind of scans with like later on they add more like personality traits to belgi but especially in his first seasons he's like aggressively stereotypical especially compared to because he's like really smart and does like all this like advanced like math and science and stuff right phineas and ferb also do but they're like oh they're so cool and belgi's like a giant nerd so Hmm. anyway i was just like uh weird weird reason to put him in the show really good run under the bus love it also there's like more than one sort of problematic thing 
mm. about the production of this episode specifically where I was just like what were you thinking like it was 2007 yeah uh anyway they meet Belgi he's fun he's studying mm-hmm. um he doesn't apparently understand what summer vacation is sure they're like yeah you know summer vacation where you don't have to study and all you have to worry about is bullies which like first of all <laughs> what kind of bully is so enterprise I mean the answer is Buford but <laughs> like what who's yeah. like <laughs> Like, don't you usually get bullied at school? Like, what bully okay, is wandering I know, a right? town looking for kids to torture? Anyway, yeah. uh, Buford shows up immediately, uh, <laughs> sits on Balji, and knocks his books <laughs> off the table. And then he takes a drink of his drink, crumples it up, and throws it backwards without looking back, and hits, I think, Irving in the I background. Think so. I'm pretty sure Irving is the, like, unnamed <clears throat> nerd in both of these. Anyway, yeah. uh, Buford is the Batman of bullying people. Um, <laughs> he, like... <laughs> I was just like, that is a super impressive, just like blind throw. Like he just yeah. has like nerd radar. Like he can just tell where <laughs> they all are in relation to himself at any given time. Anyway, Phineas is in no way intimidated, which this is like a thing that keeps happening where Phineas yeah. will be in like a mildly dangerous to life-threatening situation and just mm-hmm. have zero emotional response to it whatsoever. Yeah. He's just like, uh, Buford, Baljeet's sitting there. <laughs> Buford <laughs> is like, he's he, like threatening him or whatever. Yeah. And then at some point in this interaction, Phineas like accidentally drops the other scoop of ice cream on Buford's lap. Okay. Which then, wait, just that, I just want to interject here. That if you watch it, Phineas is holding the ice cream at a 45 degree angle over Buford's lap. <laughs> and we know that one scoop already melted, like this is not stable ice cream. I was like, Phineas, that's on you. <laughs> that's true. We did make fun of him for like doing this dumb experiment, but he immediately applied that data to a real life scenario, yeah, which was did. dumping it all over Buford. <laughs> also, um, shout out to the most iconic scene in Princess Diaries 1 when Anne Hathaway smashes oh ice gosh. cream onto Mandy Moore's cheerleading uniform. Yes. And then the entire school starts <laughs> chanting Lana got cone. Um, it's my favorite scene because, the, yeah, and then uh, Lana slash Mandy Moore is like, Principal Gupta, look what she did to me. And Sandy O, oh, an incredible icon, oh, is I just know. like, I didn't see anything. <laughs> because she's the real star of that movie. Um, uh, yeah, obviously. Amazing. I think about that every day. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Phineas pulls a, a Mia Thermopolis on Buford. And then Buford, like, I guess everyone in the, in the same way that everyone at uh, Anne Hathaway's high school apparently thinks this is the worst thing that can happen to you. Everyone in the cafeteria, like, starts laughing. Which yeah. I was like, first of all, okay, I have a lot of questions about the other people in this cafeteria who aren't nine. There's like mm, a whole group yeah. of adults in this food court yeah. who, A, uh, laugh at a nine-year-old who Yikes. got ice cream spilled on him. <clears throat> rude and then later on <laughs> we'll get to it are like ready to just watch some fourth graders oh, fight each other i know also it's like the middle of the day on a presumably weekday yeah what are you guys doing like i know it's don't summer but yeah you have jobs what anyway yeah, who even knows Damn who even man. knows uh yeah so then buford like starts really threatening phineas and isabella steps in and is like ready to die <laughs> to protect Phineas. oh i know I she's know. like buford leave him alone which is the start of a really beautiful dynamic in which isabella is the only person capable of intimidating buford like yeah she which, consistently is like not ready to put up with his nonsense if i was buford like i would be intimidated by isabella oh yeah because like, she's absolutely. a navy seal like yeah. she's like <laughs> obviously kind of insane because she murdered her camp counselor and is now <laughs> running a rogue fireside girl troop okay yes i have a comment on that later but Oh, great. Excited to hear your take. Mm-hmm. Belgi says violence can only lead to more violence, uh, like a real square. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> right after he says that, Evander Holyfield, the Which... boxing champion, just walks into this cafeteria in yeah. downtown Danville. Yes. I just, I feel a little bad, but I, like, I remember most of the, like, real people cameos in this show, and I didn't know who any of those people were before I watched this show. <laughs> no, yeah. Okay, that's like, the thing is that, like, these cameos are, like, very funny if you're 40. Yeah. And very confusing <laughs> if you're nine. Yeah. Or 20. So, I, know. Um, I was like, uh, okay. Because I also read about this, like, it's also very funny to me that, like, all of them look like cartoon characters, <gasps> and then when they have a real person cameo, it's like it a looks realistic like a human person. being. <laughs> I had that thought, too. I was like, why does he look like himself Why does he have a human shaped head yeah um because they get two like 
boxing specific cameos evander holyfield obviously and then yeah. the announcer guy is like actually a yeah like I, he's the one that's wrestling like, let's get ready to rumble yeah so i was yeah. like wow i i guess Weird. maybe dan pavenmeyer has like a lot of connections in the i guess wrestling industry we don't yeah. know. Also, <laughs> Evander Holyfield has like a full bite mark out of his ear, which I thought was just like a generic boxer joke, but no, it's no. a reference to a specific fight uh, when hmm. he fought Mike Tyson. And Mike and Tyson, Mike Tyson supposedly bit, bit his ear off? Yeah. Okay. I didn't research it that much. Uh. Anyway, I was just like, what a reference that no child will ever get. Exactly. Like, what from any period of time? Maybe. Maybe there was one kid that mm. was like delighted by that. <laughs> So yeah, Evander Holyfield uh, walks in, uh, breaks up a fight between a bunch of children, and then instead of being like, don't solve your problems by fighting, is like, you should fight out in the parking lot at three o'clock. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, you are perpetuating a cycle of toxic masculinity, like, Evander Holyfield. Yeah. Also, speaking of kids not getting references, it is iconic mm-hmm. of Isabella to immediately recognize who Evander Holyfield is. Oh, I know. Just like on site, she knows who he is. And yells it to everyone. And yells it, just announces it. Which, I mean, they had to do because, again, I mean, no yeah, child would ever recognize who that was. But Obviously. Anyway. Also, the whole time he's delivering his little, like, speech, he's holding a rake, which I don't what? know if it's... Do you remember this? No. How did I... When he I walks into the that. cafeteria, he's holding a rake. And he's not even just... He's holding it rake side up. What? And he's just, like, a stat. Like, he's Moses parting the Red Sea. Like, he just has <laughs> a rake that he's walking around with. <laughs> and I was like, did you come to the mall to buy a rake? And oh then you were like, oh, I see a scuffle happening in the cafeteria. Better uh, train this child. <laughs> I have a lot of questions about what Evander Holyfield is doing there. And Me too. Why. Anyway, yeah. uh, he's like, okay, also, when he when he walks up to them, he uh, Isabella like introduces him. She's like, you're Evander Holyfield. Like, mm-hmm boxing champion or whatever right. and phineas immediately goes um aren't you a little old to be a professional boxer <laughs> and i was like phineas Whoa. you weigh eight pounds that man could kill you with one hand like <laughs> would you show some respect please <laughs> that is rude um, anyway instead of punching phineas in the face which he absolutely would have been justified in doing evander holyfield is like i'm gonna train you isabella's like buford's <clears throat> gonna kill you and then phineas is like no which, listen isabella's right She's correct. <laughs> Isabella could fight Buford, definitely. Phineas, no. Have you seen his little no stick chance. arms? Absolutely yeah, what? not. Yeah, so then Holyfield is like, I'll train him. Phineas is like super chipper and not scared at all for some yeah. sake or whatever. Because he's missing the part of his brain that feels fear. Um, <laughs> also, at one point, Baljeet says, uh, what you found is a one-way magic carpet ride to your own destruction, which is <laughs> another great line That's him. incredible. There's, like, a full crowd of adults just, like, watching this entire interaction and uh, not asking where these children's parents are. Yep. Yeah. So we cut to, like, this Rocky-style training montage with a little Mm -hmm. fun song. Cute. Um, Phineas is, like, doing some exercises. Buford? I have questions about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Buford walks into a gym called Wedgies, (laughs) subtitle, The Gym for Bullies. (laughs) Which is a gym, not to put too fine a point on it, marketed specifically to bullies mm-hmm. which we see in the montage it has like like 80s bully yeah workout like the toilet like, yeah there's like a you could practice like giving swirlies or mm-hmm. knocking books out of people's arms which i was yeah. like this seems like it should be illegal uh, also yeah. the gym is full of adult humans oh, which i was I like know. every single one of those people should be on multiple watch lists yeah. like you should walk yeah. into that gym and then as soon as you're like can i sign up for a membership they're like yes you can and then they should call the cops <laughs> like that's <laughs> terrifying operation. yeah <laughs> like what who's running this business i don't know why is it in the mall i don't understand Anyway, Evander Holyfield shows Phineas a diagram of his own head uh, mm-hmm. next to the shape of a triangle because <laughs> it matches the lyrics of the song. Also, there's like one extra that's like that guy in the white shirt with the blue trim and a mullet who's in the background mm-hmm. of every episode of this show. Just wanted to point that out. Cute. Uh, yeah, so they do their whole little training montage. They're like getting ready to fight, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Candace sees the poster for the brawl at the mall because they have already locked the branding down. Yeah. 
and started producing merch. And she tells Phineas and Ferb that they can't build a boxing stadium in the mall parking lot, which they are doing uh, and have already pretty much completed. Yeah, they're And then done. she goes to find her mom. Uh, she When she goes back to find her mom, she walks past Jeremy and just holds up her phone and takes a picture of him <laughs> without stopping. And it's very funny. Yeah, it's a good bit. Uh, Linda <clears throat> is still playing with her jazz trio. Candace interrupts her and then Linda's like, oh, my solo and plays one note on the triangle. <laughs> uh, it's very funny. Yeah. We cut back to Perry the Platypus. Yeah, so we like did a lot of mall stuff, and then now we're finally picking up the B plot with Perry and Doofenshmirtz again. Okay, um, one of the yes. best B plots of the show it's in good. terms of this episode. Yeah, go ahead. It's also maybe the saddest one. Oh, absolutely. I was like, this isn't even really a plan that needed to be foiled, and Fiddy or uh, Perry goes super hard to the yeah. point where I was like, what's what? That's true. We're re-traumatizing Doofenshmirtz in this episode. Yeah. So, yeah. But on the upside, we do get a backstory. Before we get to that, Perry lands in a giant mixer full of cake batter. Uh, Dunkleberry cake mix, as we will learn. Here's the thing about this enormous mixer. Um, Perry is a five-pound animal. He's a platypus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the size of a loaf of bread. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Uh, Doofenshmirtz has prepared this giant mixer with 17 tons of cake mix. Yeah. The only purpose of this is as a trap for Perry, right? Yep. It doesn't come into the plan later. Nope. Which I assumed it did, but then I checked and it doesn't. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, he's going to make a giant birthday cake because he's doing this birthday themed plan. No, he just made a giant thing of cake mix <laughs> to trap and kill Perry the platypus. <laughs> Uh, yeah. in just a bonkers way that's awesome so yeah he does that <clears throat> he like tells perry uh that what they do dunkleberry cake mix and that the yeast which isn't something you put in cake mix anyway uh, will rise <laughs> and suffocate perry to death oh, perfect then we get not one but two backstories i know this is the second this is only the the second time we've gotten a, a childhood backstory this is like a big breakthrough episode for doofenshmirtz it is because he's a, a really he remembers his own birth which is not insane yeah one normally does anyway correct um but yeah also he's like clearly working through a specific issue that he oh, has yeah i don't think that perry helps it i'm not sure how much progress he makes but, okay i know uh, he certainly does share. i think yeah if anything adds to the trauma i know i'm just like if anything we've made it this is a step backward yeah um yeah so he tells the story of his he's like my birthday's always been terrible and he's like it started on the day of my actual birth both of my parents failed to show up <laughs> hilarious yeah uh it's just a doctor in a hospital holding baby doofus birds no one else is there <laughs> um and then he's like by the age of five i was forced to throw my own surprise party and i was like okay now i'm sad also yeah. real like matilda <gasps> i was just thinking that Oh my gosh, we're the same person. <laughs> never had an original thought. <laughs> I never once have. So yeah, he's like, he throws his own surprise birthday party at like the scariest version of Chuck E. Cheese, oh. which you may be thinking to yourself, audience, uh, Chuck E. Cheese is already the scariest version of itself. That You're it could wrong. Be. You're incorrect. Okay. Their goat cheeses is a thousand times worse. Also, it's like actually based on Chuck E. Cheese. Like I was reading the oh, wiki yeah. and it was like, yeah, no, this is like a play on Chuck E. Cheese. And I was like, I mean, that seems yeah. clear. Yeah. They do that a few times. Gravity Falls has that same bit. Mm-hmm. Which, why wouldn't you? I mean, a giant I'm, rat yeah. pizza chain, it's ripe for a parody. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, the most American thing I've ever heard of. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, he goes to this horrifying Chuck E. Cheese uh, with maybe the most irresponsible employee. <laughs> okay ever yeah <laughs> who delivers his cake uh just is like wow what a bummer that no one is at your birthday party and then leaves and turns the lights off and closes the chain yeah there's a five-year-old inside yeah that's a crime so anyway uh, yeah. then baby five-year-old doofenshmirtz is like carrying his cake home and the dunkleberry bats swarm yeah which okay eat all his cake i guess his line is like never carry home cake in the dark or whatever and he goes lest the dunkleberry bats swarm yeah and i want that on a t-shirt like and uh it's a sticker incredible delivery uh beautiful so obviously he's uh upset by this so then he introduces his innator uh, which is called oh wait no first he offers perry some cake so he's trapped Ke- perry in a vat of cake oh, mix and then yeah. he throws him a slice of cake he lowers it down and perry immediately starts eating it and i was like perry 
Why are you doing Which, I mean, listen. In both of these episodes, Perry eats food that Doofenshmirtz offers him. And I was like, yeah. do you not get fed enough food? Like, what? Do you not have, <laughs> listen, like, a per diem that you can buy yourself lunch on the way here? Whatever. He's being polite. <laughs> he is. You're correct. Doof introduces the Slavenator. Oh, my yes. gosh. Yeah. Uh, a problem. Could have workshop. Could have given that a second pass, guys. Yep. Just, I don't, just you like, know? thought for two more seconds about We that. really could have tried just a tiny bit <clears throat> harder. Anyway, yeah. uh, basically, it's just like a mind control device that forces people to participate in his birthday party, which this is the point where I was like, Perry, maybe he's like having a bad day. I don't know. But I was like, yeah. if I was Perry, I would just take a step back and be like, okay, Doofenshmirtz has invented mind control. Um, not for the last time. No. Which is like, obviously bad. Like, we don't want that technology in the wrong hands. However, what he's using it for is just to have people celebrate his birthday. Man. Yeah. So maybe we could address that in a different way. In both plots of this episode, a problem that could easily be solved through like a small amount of mediation is instead yeah. blown way out of proportion and only solved with violence. Yeah. Which is funny. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it's an interesting, a fun parallel. Yeah. Also, uh, what? Doofenshmirtz says the line, the worst part about a party is like cleaning up the mess. But hear me out. That's not the worst part about a party. <laughs> The worst part about the party is having a party, but is, uh, that's a personal yeah. opinion. Being at a party with uh, other people. Uh, yeah. Anyway. You're not wrong. Anyway, he introduces his innator and then he's like, all right, bye. Uh, he like helicopters out of there, leaving <laughs> Perry in the cake mix. Yeah. Perry pulls out. Uh, sorry, I just need a second to prepare. So it's okay. <laughs> Perry pulls out a little pouch full of different animal whistles. Yeah. Which is fine. It's a random assortment of animals. He pulls out the whistle labeled bat uh, and blows on it and it summons a whale because it's the whale whistle. Because the it's... bat whistle is shaped like a bat. Yeah. Isn't the one that Perry grabbed. Anyway, also Perry kills that whale. Okay, yeah. Okay, wait. Also, I read in the like trivia or whatever the rest of his whistles. His other whistles are cats, dogs, cows, Komodo dragons, and sardines. Yeah. And... <laughs> And that's all I have to say about that. Those are the top six animals. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, can you think of a purpose that's not covered by that selection of animals? I Mark? can't. I I really can't. And I, I could won't. put decades of research into that <laughs> whistle collection. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the R and D department <sighs> killed so many Komodo dragons. <laughs> the, the sacrifices that were made. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Anyway, yeah, so he summons a whale. In three seconds, a whale crashes through the side of the thing, which, like, where did that whale come from? How did it get there? This whale will come back and we'll address it again. Anyway, also, the whale's dead. It's not in the (laughs) ocean anymore. Yeah. Yeah, Harry murdered a whale. (laughs) And then instead of solving that problem, just like, it's like a real Nancy Drew move for. Perry to just be like oh whoops my whistles are in the wrong spot and like ignore a fire <laughs> raging around him and yeah, just like exactly. swaps them anyway he blows the bat whistle which I guess is Dunkleberry bat specific I'm mark. also wondering that because but... a bunch of bats come and start eating all the cake batter mm-hmm. then we cut back to the boxing arena where Buford and Phineas are getting ready to fight the announcer Michael Buffer is like the actual wrestling announcer guy that's mm-hmm. fun this we come to like the second or third most problematic part of this episode which is actually not in the episode it's just it was and they changed it which is good because it's rough so um when they're announcing them they announce buford and they say he's from a broken home his hobby is breaking bones yeah um the original line was worse than that it was he's from a broken home he's missing a chromosome (gasps) which is horrifying oh no i was like what who let that get all the way to television? Like, wow. who let that in the first place? And then who was like, yeah, Eric, yeah, whatever. it's fine. Anyway, they changed it because that's the worst thing well, I've ever heard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, he's from a broken home. His hobby is breaking bones. Still not amazing. And then uh, they go to Phineas with he's got moves. <laughs> he's got grace. His nose takes up his entire face, <laughs> which is good. That's punching up and it's funny. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, then uh, the announcer just reads the standards and practices paragraph directly to them. Yeah. <laughs> where he's like, uh, this fight should in no way be uh, imitatable by an yeah. impressionable child. Thank funny, you. funny bit. They get ready to thumb wrestle because that's what they're doing. And then uh, Candace is in the back trying to get some merch 
which the Fireside Girls okay. have mass produced in the meantime. Here's the thing. That is my comment. Is like I have a theory that that is exactly how Isabella is running her rogue Fireside group. It's because every time Phineas and Ferb do anything, the Fireside Girls are first to capitalize on it. Oh yeah, first she's and like only like a businesswoman. She yeah. is the oh, yeah. Elon Musk of Danville. Honestly, though uh terrifying that's probably also how Phineas and Ferb are operating but like funding their adventures yeah, yeah. It's I also insane. am just like <laughs> I don't, there's like thousands of people in this this arena right yeah which like I don't know I, I guess if I showed up and they were like here's a boxing arena watch some children fight each other uh, I would have some follow-up questions but also, like, imagine being a grown adult and you're just, like, out for a day at the mall and then some yeah. child in a fireside girl uniform is like, hey, do you want a t-shirt uh, with two nine-year-olds hitting each other on it? And that you would just be like, yes, <laughs> yeah, I do. Here's $15. <laughs> I mean, I do want a Brawl at the Mall t-shirt. Yeah. However, it has some concerning implications in real life. Absolutely. Uh, Candace, then it occurs to her at this point that she could take a photo on her cell phone to show her mom. Uh, what's happening she then does this really funny bit so she looks over to see jeremy and like we need to unpack this about jeremy oh I uh because the the like gag is right that she only has she has 99 percent full storage on her phone so she can only take one more photo which scans because you can definitely only take 100 photos on a flip phone oh i know seven. what um remember remember those days uh yeah. this is pre-cloud so she is like has to make this decision whether or not to take a picture of Jeremy or to take a picture of the boys. And what Jeremy is doing is standing on the counter of Mr. Slushy Burger doing like a 1910 circus act where he's like balancing yeah. all these drinks and corn dogs on top of his arms and legs and head. And there's like circus music playing. Yeah. Which, why is he doing that? Yeah, what? There's no uh, one else at Slushy Dog. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's like bored like, and he's like trying to get yeah. Candace's attention. Uh, which you wouldn't think uh, would be a problem for him. And also, True. why isn't he, like, getting a restraining order? <laughs> I know, um, what? <laughs> and the answer is that he is just as crazy, if Equally not crazier than Candace. Oh, yeah. In, like, a subtler way, but it really comes but... through in this one moment. Mm-hmm. Um, because she has 99% full storage, and she runs off to take a photo of the boys. She decides to, like, bust them instead. Then Jeremy relaxes. And I, like, I literally even wrote in my notes the wrong thing, because I... I paused it to take these notes and I was like, and then Jeremy like crashes down to the ground with all no, this No, no, no. That is not what no, happens. No, no, no. Jeremy just relaxes his arms and legs and it turns out he wasn't balancing any of those things. Yeah. He just has like an elaborate sculpture of fake food that's attached to his arms and legs. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's just fake. And it's, it's like a crazy. Prop and he made it? Yeah. What? Jeremy. <laughs> like what? I, I don't even know, like, uh, in what hypothetical scenario is this happening? Like, is he just super bored at work? And he's like, you know what would be hilarious? <laughs> I, I've been watching a lot you. of Charlie Chaplin lately. And you know what I yeah. think oh I'd God. like to try? That's honestly the vibe. Also, it feels like it's directed at Candace. Like, he's, like, doing I know, it for he's Candace. He's staring directly at her. And then he, like, she, she leaves. And yeah, when he's sad. She leaves. So is he just like, wow, Candace seems to really like taking pictures of me at work. Maybe I should give her some interesting material. Maybe. That's a crazy way uh, to react to that. Yeah, it's really insane. Do you think he was, like, workshopping this with his friends? Like, you know when you're, like, <laughs> have a crush on somebody and you're like, ah, I don't know. Like, I don't really know, like, how to get through to them. Like, oh, hey, yeah, 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 how yeah. do you interpret Candace's action? Do you think he's texting? Who's that guy oh. that Stacey dates later? He's, like, texting him Chad. and he's like, oh, listen, man. I think it's Chad. Oh, like it's a... just because he plays Chad in that other movie. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um. Anyway, yeah, he's like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, what could I do to, like, help get Candace to, like, pay attention to me or like me or whatever? And he's like, listen, man, you know what girls love? Uh, the circus. <laughs> I just, I can't stop thinking about it, and <laughs> I just, I know that Jeremy does other equally crazy things later on, and, like, I don't know, it's just, yeah. they're perfect for each other, because yeah. they're both bonkers. Anyway, I guess we have to move on. It just runs away to take a picture of this. We go back to Doofenshmirtz, who's, like, flying his innator across the city. Perry's following him, and Perry's mode of transportation is that he's holding an entire tiered cake on a fishing pole out in front of a swarm of bats, and then he's just, like, riding the swarm of bats. <laughs> Perry uh, has access to a wide variety of flying vehicles Yeah, at any time. Yep. 
he has so many they're disposable he crashes one per episode like he has 15 hover cars ready to go at all times (laughs) and he's choosing bat swarm as his mode of transportation whatever the bats drop him off next to Doof. Doofenshmirtz, like, this just, like, keeps getting sadder and sadder because he's I oxygenator know. and he just has, like, a bunch of, like, party hats and, like, little party favors. I'm like, he just wants to throw a birthday party. Like, I just know. let him have a birthday party for an hour. Like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> it's so mean. He he just wants a birthday party with his friends. Um, he, Doofenshmirtz shoots Perry with a party hat which then embeds itself in a steel beam i don't know what that party yeah. hat is made of. I don't uh, know. they have like a birthday party themed fight they're like throwing stuff at each other it's fun um and then we like switch in between uh phineas and buford are doing their whole thumb wrestling fight yeah uh, the guys announcing it it's like a fun wrestling bit then uh on the innator perry falls over the edge of the innator and is like holding on to the railing Mm-hmm. Um, and the innator is flying over the boxing arena. Everything's coming together. All the yep. the A plot and the B plot are intersecting. Um, <laughs> Phineas is like not doing well in this fight. Yeah. No like, he's getting the crap beaten out of him in a thumb wrestling war yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Buford uses a move called the Boston Belt Sander, <laughs> which is funny. Also, the physics of this thumb wrestling. Oh, really I know. Sense, I do not but... get it at all. Whatever. whatever uh evander holyfield is like phineas is like i don't think i'm doing very well and is like almost unconscious and evander holyfield is just like throwing cliches at him and not being (laughs) helpful and i was like why are you even here honestly candace goes back to find her mom after presumably taking the picture her mom is just like drinking tea with her jazz trio uh she shows linda the photo but it's like just of a thumb so linda thinks it's her thumb over the lens very funny Uh cut back to doofenshmirtz they bring back the ice cream why uh doofenshmirtz threatens to like smash perry in the face with an ice cream cone yeah sure perry pulls out his whale whistle again (sighs) and whistles it and a whale flies up to where they are yeah like or leaps 200 feet in the air directly in the air i'm not a marine biologist but i'm almost (laughs) positive whales can't do because if they could it they would be terrifying (laughs) uh yeah Leaps over Doofenshmirtz and, like, doesn't take out the innator or Doofenshmirtz. He no. just knocks the ice cream knocks off the, the cone cream. and it falls down towards the thumb wrestling match. The wrestling match is, like, wrapping up. There's a really dramatic opera soundtrack in the background. Buford is, like, getting ready to kill Phineas. And then <laughs> the ice cream <laughs> lands on Phineas's head oh and just, God. like, immediately de-escalates the situation. Buford just laughs and is like, okay. hey, we're even, I guess. I know. That was my question is he goes, even, Steven? And I was like, Buford, you just broke seven bones in Phineas's hand. I know. <laughs> There's no way. Phineas will never write again. <laughs> like, but on the upside, you guys made six million dollars. So yeah, exactly. I'm like, okay, well. Um, yeah, absurd. Anyway, yeah, he's like, we're even now. Great. Uh, back on the innator, Doofenshmirtz is like spiraling, which is fair because a whale just leaped out of the air and knocked yeah. an ice cream cone out of his hand on his birthday, which he's just trying to have a birthday party. He also has the funniest line read when he goes, my birthday cake. I can't even <laughs> say it the way that he does, but it cracks me up so much. Oh, it's so funny. Anyway, he grabs his entire birthday cake and then like the innator's falling apart so he just grabs onto the helicopter part and he's like flying away and then the dupleberry bats swarm him again and i was I like no this is the exact trauma he went through last time like yeah he it's gonna take so this is a step backwards it's gonna take so many years to like undo this exactly yeah perry definitely had to go to like a training after this sensitivity training yeah exactly i'm like perry normally you're doing an okay job i don't know what you're doing today not today not today uh, the innator falls down into the arena and, like, the cleanup party mess button turns on. And so yeah. everybody, like, cleans up the boxing arena. And one lady goes, I'll take care of the like whale. whale. Which is Okay, that lady has always sounded exactly like the stepmom from A Cinderella Story yeah. to me. Is it her? Did I don't check? know. I, I oh. didn't check. I should have She checked. does some voice work in this. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I'll check. Because hmm. she's definitely been in it. And she's so funny. I know. Um, let's take a look-see. Do, 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 do episodes is this good audio content do we do like this <laughs> yeah um, i'll sing it. Do, 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 do. the jeopardy song don't yeah. sing that though it's copyrighted oh, uh just kidding we'll cut that out. um i don't know <laughs> 
We should probably cut all this out. It's uh, not exciting. Maybe not. Mm. I don't see her name in here. Well, well, if we're then wrong, listen. Uh, that person just does, does a sound exactly. yeah really good impression of that actress. So she does. All right. Yeah. Anyway, so they clean up the whole boxing ring. Candace brings back Linda, and there's nothing there. And then Linda goes back to play the second set. Then there's just like this weird like coda outside the mall. So Holyfield is just like outside the mall with yeah. the kids. Uh, and Buford is like, thank you, Mr. Holyfield. And like, you're suddenly weirdly polite. Also, um, he didn't do anything. <laughs> he really uh, did not, except maybe make the situation worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Buford calls Phineas Dinner Bell, his new nickname, which is oh, like, yeah. so specific and hilarious. Phineas <laughs> is like, I like to keep moving forward. And Ferb goes, sharks have to keep moving forward or they'll drown. And that I was like, what is a- an unhinged. I don't <laughs> like a real wednesday adams moment for ferb yeah and then buford goes are you calling me a shark which is like an objectively cool thing to be called like i, I know, know why he's upset about that and then ferb just like drops it with yeah. a little pinch move and i was like funny yeah that's the end of that episode yeah uh, oh wait i did have one other thing to talk about about this whale mm. i was just thinking about it because this whale like dies multiple times in this episode <laughs> like after he hits the innator he doesn't fall back into the ocean he crashes to the ground on the that lady says i'll take care of the whale implying she will move a whale carcass to wherever (laughs) you dispose what is she gonna do and i was thinking about there's a part in hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy where like Mm -hmm. a whale appears in space and is falling towards a planet and so he just does the inner monologue of the whale like the whole time that it's falling (laughs) and so the whale like comes to grips with its own consciousness and then immediately dies (laughs) And I was like, oh, no. there's one whale in the world that had a worse existence than that whale, and it, it is, is this one this from this one. episode of Phineas and Ferb. Anyway, that's, that's that what sounds- I have. Well, the next episode is Lights, Candace, Action. Sure is. All right, we mm-hmm. open on Candace in her bedroom, quoting lines from her favorite play, The Princess Sensibilities, yep. um, in front of a what mirror. What kind of 15-year-old has a favorite play? It's- Candace is a huge nerd. Yeah. <laughs> okay she hears a roar and she goes to the backyard to like see what face and ferb are doing and they're like making this little monster movie like with a they have like this tiny city and like a little monster and candace like stomps through the set like she she destroys that which it's a real lilo and stitch moment i know i was like listen that was really rude (laughs) yeah also puppets take a long time to make like exactly oh my gosh mean also, I had like a weird flashback because didn't TJ and Sam do Lego stop motions for a little bit? Maybe just Oh yeah, they went through that phase real hard. I thought maybe I imagined that, but no. It was real. Good to know. I don't think we ever made a complete movie or anything. Movie. Hmm. But yeah, we certainly did some stuff. Yeah, some stuff. Uh so yeah, she screams at them to keep it down that she's practicing her play, whatever. Uh for her drama club? For her drama club. So I was like every club that you're in is a drama club, Candy. <laughs> uh anyway, they tell her about their movies and she says their movies are lame and uh, then they brag that their website received 176 million hits last week. Yeah. Which What? You iCarly with I, 176 I million like, hits from where? Exactly. Who's who? I mean, Phineas and Ferb would be it's true that's true (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if i like that (laughs) uh yikes uh yeah so candace stomps off can you imagine wait i'm so sorry can you imagine just like a tiktok hype house but (sighs) with the phineas and ferb gang (laughs) what if they did that instead of in an episode when they like cut to the future what if they were all just like (laughs) living in like a just... logan paul house. oh no and they were all just like influencers that's like probably my worst nightmare <laughs> what a dark in the darkest that's timeline the darkest. Uh, everybody at danville yeah. becomes addison right oh gosh <laughs> oh geez okay upsetting i'm uh, sorry that i i'm sorry that no, i said okay. that i'm sorry that i had that thought. we'll just you know what? take a minute it's... all right it's fine because that's not what happens okay. exactly uh okay so candace stops off linda comes home and mentions to candace that somebody was filming a movie version of the play the princess sensibilities down the street which, yeah, which here's my question mm-hmm. uh why yeah that was my question too why are you filming a movie called the princess sensibilities which i assume is like a period piece yeah in suburban danville yeah in the middle of a neighborhood what set could you possibly be using for exactly that? which 
Yeah, because later they're on a weird set. I was like, this is not down the road. They're also just like in a soundstage. I'm like, that's not next to your house. What do you mean they're filming down the street? Whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. So Candace instantly wants to have that part. She knows all the lines. <laughs> not how movies work. She no, knows one exactly. line, to be clear. I uh, mean, yeah. She practiced one line. That's the line she recites for yeah, the producer. Yeah, of course. Uh, so yeah, she leaves Phineas and Ferb. Uh, they went over Perry is. Perry, shown in his lair, is being given his briefing, which again, he did not need to show up for because his briefing is that Dr. Doofenshmirtz has been doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, which I was like, okay, this is clearly now just profiling. He exactly. hasn't been doing anything because he's depressed because he ruined his birthday. Yeah. And they show a graph like of his activity or whatever. And I was like, what activity is that? Like, is it like yeah. his movements? Is it his purchase history? Is it just like it's his just his activity? Phone calls? Yeah. Like, what are you what talking could you about? Possibly be measuring. Also, no wonder Doofenshmirtz is evil. He's living in a surveillance state. Like that's terrifying. You have that much information about him. Yeah, Ugh. it's fully insane. I guess so. Anyway, the, yeah, monogram is like put a stop to it, and I was like, what? Okay, whatever. He leaves. His chair turns into a rocket, and then yeah, pushes him up straight out of the street. Like leaves just a hole smashes in the a hole. He's one foot from a manhole cover. So yeah. they like zoom in on the manhole cover, and you're clearly expecting it to like open and for Perry no. to fly out. But no, he smashes just through the right asshole. through. I was like, oh, causing no, that's permanent awesome. structural damage. Also. Some pedestrian is going to fall into that hole and discover Alka's secret lair. Like, true. What are you guys doing? Also, put a seatbelt on. It's just a chair with a helicopter blade attack- attached. I'm like, you are going to fall out of that. Yeah, that's not it. We, uh, cut back. I mean, that's, he, like, the chair goes right over the set where Candace is trying to land a part in a movie. Anyway. Listen, she's hustling. Listen, yeah, what I would not give for that kind of confidence. Like, that okay, sure. Focus. I know. Um, anyway, she walks straight into the producer's thing. In fairness, his door is open. His 700 Room. square foot trailer. I was I like, know. this trailer is nicer than my first apartment. Okay, yeah. Uh, the producer says his lead actress quit. So Candace is like, oh, I'm perfect for it. She recites one line. Um, he goes, mm, I don't know. And she goes, I'll do it for free. And he's like, perfect. Oh, <laughs> Yikes. Anyway, <laughs> then he is going to hire the hottest new directors in town, uh, which unbeknownst to Candace are Phineas and Verb. Of course. Okay, so then it cuts to Candace, and she's, like, in a makeup chair, like, getting prepared. And her bagel. Yeah, exactly. Okay, but first of all, someone is shampooing only the top of her head, and just, like, in the chair. <laughs> Not, like, there's no, like, sink. It's just, like, she's just rubbing shampoo into her head. Just throwing some shampoo Okay. Second of all, she gets introduced to her personal trainers, Olga and Chicago Joe, who yeah. worked at Gunther's Go Cheeses. They sure did. Uh, the Lyskins. Yeah. Anyway, all over the- listen, they have a rich story. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. That's okay. Um, they also bring in her swimming stand-in. Yeah, who looks uh, nothing like her. Who looks nothing like her. Yeah, exactly. Just like, also, what part of this movie is she swimming in? Yeah, and then the producer introduces the new directors, Phineas and Ferb. Candace gets mad. Phineas explains how Isabella helped them out, and then it cuts to Isabella. Just doing what Isabella does, which just is just doing the absolute most, which yeah. is intimidating adults around her. Exactly, with almost no effort on her part. She's mm-hmm. like a headset. Yeah, she's she's really out. She's here. just really doing it, and yeah, that makes sense. So Candace, <laughs> Candace asks. She does a bit where she goes, "Aren't they a little young to be big budget movie product directors?" And he goes, "If they're getting 176 million hits, they could be in diapers for all I care." Yeah, I was like, uh, "Okay." <laughs> Also, okay, I just thought of this, which I'm going to interject, but yeah. the uh, psych episode that this lines up with is mm. the one where Sean accidentally gets cast in a soap opera. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, I didn't think of one for the last episode, but that's okay. Mm, that's fair. just didn't think about it until right now. I don't know why. Anyway, check that box. I mean, I guess the, list. the only one I can think of that would line up with the bully one is that one where they like help out their bully. I think it's he's like oh, a yeah. horse. He's a jockey. Yeah. And then, like, there's also the B-plot where they're, like, solving that spitball mystery or whatever. That's something I can think of, but... I mean, what the heck? This isn't a... That's... What are we? Professional podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. The, the, the world is riding on our tape. Exactly. On which, like, okay, wait. 
Speaking of like matching up though, this is definitely like a lot. I think this matches very well with my theory about Candace and Sharpay and the lineup there because everything that Candace does in this episode is something that Sharpay Evans would do. True. And then at the end, she's literally actually did so. Exactly. It all it all lines up. It all it's all coming together. It's all it's all here. Anyway, I feel like this is like a. Yeah, this is like a fever dream that Sharp Hammonds had right. after not getting a role in a movie that she wanted. Because yeah. when I asked up top what teenager would have a favorite play, the answer is Sharp A. True. So, you know, uh, they're the same person. Honestly, though. <laughs> Candace is upset about Phineas and Ferb, whatever. Uh, she gets into her costume and turns out she has to wear this monster mask, which like also is not that. I feel like Phineas and Ferb could have done better on that. Okay. okay, all of the special effects. One season later, they have like a whole thing about how they like love special effects. And yeah. I was like, you guys are doing a bad job, which yeah. maybe this is too early to bring this up. But I have a theory about this entire thing, which is mm. that there's not a movie being made mm. and that Phineas and Ferb uh, for their 176 million viewers are just pranking Candace. Like I subscribe to that. Everything that happens from here on out, is like, she's on like a hidden camera prank show. I know. Where the goal is to see how much physical torture she will put up with in order to be the star of a movie. Yeah, that's- Because they're making like dumb mistakes. Like they're doing things that I'm like, Phineas and Ferb are doing that. Like, right? I don't know. Literally, I just, uh, yeah, I was like, if I was Candace, I would also want to kill Phineas. Like he's being so annoying. Also like, she's- gravely injured by the end of this episode. oh yeah phineas cost candace yeah eight hundred thousand dollars in medical bills like yeah correct what not wrong anyway also just a side note when she puts on that like dragon mask she's like no one will see my face i'm like candace we can see okay. your entire face yeah exactly that's what i'm saying this is a low low budget it's yeah it's a yeah. halloween store mask yeah anyway so she says that she doesn't remember any monsters being the princess sensibilities and phineas goes yeah we just finished the rewrites the curse of the princess monster i was like dude that's not how making movies works <laughs> i mean it kind of is how making movies all works, right, which all is right. sad <laughs> okay but they're like already filming the movie i mean maybe they haven't started filming yet if oh, the lead actress right. just quit and all they right. didn't hire any directors <laughs> true it is weird that they would Why show up at a place it? and be like we're ready to film yeah that's what that, that, yeah, that's kind decisions. of what i mean this is like a really poorly run production is why they should put Isabella in charge immediately. Ugh, this should have ended yeah. with uh, that producer losing his job, mm-hmm. Isabella doing that bit that maybe from Arrested Development does where she just walks on and just starts impersonating him <laughs> and making movies because she would do a really good job. Uh, and then <laughs> Candace not experiencing 17 yeah. hours of physical torture. Honestly. Um, so they show her the rewrites. She's like, this isn't what I signed up for. And I'm like, you're correct. You should walk away now. I know. You're That's not a red flag. being paid. Let go of the dream yeah oh boy anyway she doesn't do that uh, yeah she yeah all. so the producer explains that at the end of the movie the curse is lifted and that she'll be a big star and she's super excited so she runs to the stage there's a funny bit where she tries to run out the door but every single time her monster head gets knocked off by the door frame <laughs> i'm like girl yeah girl just get it together anyway uh cut to agent p he uh, breaks into Dubichmert's Evil Incorporated headquarters by completely, he smashes the front door down. and like, <laughs> demolishes it. Yeah, nothing evil's going on, but Dr. D goes, you'll pay for this. And he goes, hand it over. And Perry takes out <laughs> a lot of cash. It's a funny bit. Also, it's he fair. He looks genuinely guilty. I know. Plus, yeah, he goes, that's not just drywall, it's solid oak. And Perry gives him some more money. <laughs> and he goes, also, when he's breaking through the door, Dubichmert is just sitting in an armchair reading a book called The Art of Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> incredible amazing uh yeah which it turns out he's not doing anything evil he's just making cheese correct which okay this is like so he goes i don't know, like he's talking about this stinky limp limburger cheese yeah he has an 80 pound wheel of cheese just like yeah, on its own yeah. plinth in the middle of his room and which, i was like okay amazing. uh okay but then he goes it's an old doofenshmirtz family recipe yeah. and there is a <laughs> one second cut to a scene that i cannot ever get out of my mind i have I to pause it it's just okay for those of you who haven't seen it <laughs> it's insane unhinged i can't i have the same note i was like there's a yeah. one second flashback yeah. it's the most disturbing thing i've ever seen ever we should talk about it for 45 minutes i know we should yeah. cut out all other content because <laughs> our podcast is about this scene now yeah okay it's, this is all we do it's just like a lab kind of room yeah there's it's like, like a dungeon slash yeah, secret lab because there's like which is 
gas just like off his place, living right? room i guess you can see into the rest oh, of his yeah, apartment yeah, yeah. i did like, notice it's just that. a secret it's room like, that yeah some other area but yeah there's like potions and a yeah green light uh-huh and then but there's also yeah what are those it's not a gas stove there's it's like, like a, a wood-burning yeah, stove wood-burning but, okay stove. so he has both a wood-burning stove and, and just an open campfire with a cauldron on it in the middle of the room yeah on yeah. top of a rug and a cow suspended over said cauldron a live cow strapped to the ceiling yeah. in this room <laughs> which she is just milking directly into the into cauldron. the cauldron i was like i have never made cheese uh but i don't <laughs> think that's how it's made uh, do you think that the guy who animated this they were like just throw like a little flashback of him making cheese oh right God. they were like oh yeah sure i could totally do that and instead of googling how to make cheese they were just like i think i have an idea i think like, i got it i got it yeah also yeah. i have i have i have so many questions so many um mostly about the cow does yeah. it live there where did he get it what did he uh, do with it when he was is it done? okay yeah exactly what 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 how uh, did he get the cow up there yeah is he paying like pet rent for that cow like is it part of his lease there's uh, it it's a full-size is cow his landlord chill with him just having an open okay. flame yeah. cauldron situation on the floor like do you think the people below him are like uh there's like well, a weird black charred spot just appearing uh, in our ceiling honestly. and it's 95 okay. degrees in our kitchen that's, <laughs> that's the other thing that actually side note is happening to matthew and i our apartment is 72 degrees all the time we have not turned on the heat since we moved in i was like <laughs> What are the people? The people downstairs apartment has to be 95 degrees. <laughs> so <hot>. Anyway, <laughs> back to the podcast. <laughs> so, I mean, who knows? Okay, but doesn't Doofenshmirtz own the building? It kind of goes back and forth. Because sometimes I know. he owns it. And then sometimes he's he like has getting foreclosed on. Yeah. Or like, yeah, he has a landlady. I mean, he's getting kicked out. He so, definitely sublets the other levels, though, because there's, like, offices. and Yeah, other these... people live there. Exactly. Well, so and I'm he like... owns other office buildings sometimes. Okay, I don't yeah. Know. His mm. whole financial situation is Yeah, his real estate, it's insane. Unstable. Anyway, so, uh, back yeah. to the cow <clears throat> that he has hanging from his ceiling. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, okay, so anyway, uh, then he s- reveals that the cheese has to be aged for 58 and a half years to be completely finished, mm-hmm. which, to be fair doofenshmirtz says nobody has that kind of time and i was like you're right Correct. that sounds terrible yeah. and then he invents the age accelerator renator sure. <laughs> incredible to speed up the process and i was like thus far this is not an evil plan like similar right. to last episode i was like this is just a man trying to have a hobby yeah he's just trying to make some freaking cheese and, not- and he solved a problem using the skills that he had exactly also not only arsenal. a hobby he says he reveals before this that he has given up evil to pursue cheese making yeah i was like if this isn't what you want like harry what, what is the best outcome exactly. of the situation anyway we uh cut back to phase and verb <laughs> who uh are doing some chase scenes in which they strap the camera onto a hungry chimpanzee yeah, a lot and of then, animal abuse in these episodes. Yeah, and then it runs into Candace, also Candace abuse. Uh, yeah, true. They also strap it to Ferb, who's hungry, and they give Candace a sandwich. <laughs> a sandwich. Again, a thousand dollars of medical bills. This is just right. Like at this point, this is just like fear factor, right? Yeah, like they're exactly. like throwing stuff at her. They're like dropping spiders on her. Like I'm like, there's literally no way. Yeah, that all of this is directly related right. to how the movie. Like, there's plumbing is... supplies. A box yeah. of sinks and lead pipes are dropped directly onto Candace. And Twice. She is Two dead. times. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's gone. And, like, her bones are powder now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez ridiculous uh yeah so also every time that they're filming a scene phineas is just screaming all the way through it i'm like oh, that's yeah. not an acceptable take like uh, now the audio for that take is shot I because know. phineas is in it being like okay okay keep going like you i, I know it, it's, it's kind of insane I, whatever yeah so uh anyway candace is doing her best and then they do like the end scene and again 
sinks, plumbing supplies. They're just yeah, torture. just really There's going a wind at it. tunnel. They're like, oh, yeah, which is actually like a jet. Her, which is actually horrible. She suffocated and died. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, she's blind now. Uh, yeah. So then they cut to Ferb in the editing room, and they show Candace the like actual take, which is like terrible just because like she's yeah wheezing and oh my god, endured more human agony than anyone else. any other human being <laughs> ever. Yeah. So then they he goes, I don't don't worry, we'll clean it up in editing. Fix it in editing Magic yeah. of editing. And so they replace her with Ashley Tisdale's photo, which you know is funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a fully different. There's like a, yeah, exactly. They add like all these photos and stuff. It's great. It's. <sighs> Candace is all excited. Uh, the movie is produced. They like do that like sneak preview, you know, target audience thing. Yeah, which and apparently they... you do just in a regular movie theater. Okay, I was also like, how do you get into that business? How, like, when do you get the call? Like, yeah, we'd like you to come watch this movie and tell us if it's good. I think they just grabbed teenagers off the street. Pretty Apparently. sure that producer guy was like, we packed it full of teenagers. I'm like, you kidnapped 80 teenagers. <laughs> That's what that sounds like. Honestly, though. Sounds I'm like 100% a crime. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, back to Dr. Drew Finchmeritz. He demonstrates his ray. He Okay, he fires his ray on a baby in a park who just turns into a giant baby. Okay, no. I, okay, okay, okay. Sorry. No, it's okay. That baby's playing on a teeter totter with a girl. There's like a ten year old girl. Yeah, and yeah. Just a They're straight in a park. Up baby. Which yeah, on a who's seesaw. Putting the baby like, on a seesaw. Safe. Don't no. just put a baby on a teeter totter. You're gonna launch that baby into the air. That's true. Uh, also, that baby should be wearing clothes. If okay, I know who's taking a baby to their park. <laughs> their naked baby uh, on yeah. a teeter totter. Anyway. There's no adults in sight. That girl stole that baby. Ooh, true. Uh, yeah. Also, like, is that baby just permanently old now? I have this question about mm. everyone who gets hit by the age accelerator in Aider. I know, because the beam fires, like, well, yeah, everywhere. we'll get to later. But, yeah, it fires yeah. everywhere. Is that permanent? Does it wear off? I mean, wore off on Duke. That baby's just 30 now. But, it's yeah. just a 30-year-old baby. Yeah, It's, like, a big situation. Just no way to know. <laughs> no way to know. Uh, so then he age accelerates the Limburger. Gives a giant slice of cheese to Perry. <laughs> yeah, like a pie-sized slice. It's Sorry. it's big. It's bigger than his head, for sure. <laughs> it's bigger than Perry. Um, and then he warns him that once he starts eating, he won't be able to stop. And Doofenshmirtz leaves for 0.1 seconds. <laughs> he doesn't even fully leave the room. He, like, takes one step in the kitchen. Turns around. turns around. Perry has <laughs> swallowed the entire wheel of cheese. He's the entire thing. <laughs> Not even eaten. It's just, like... Like a cheese shape in his stomach. I was like, wow. What is going on with Perry? Wow. Like, why? Why would he do that? I don't know. He exercised restraint with the cake. When he gave him a slice of cake, he, like, ate yeah. most of it politely. But this cheese, he just he just mainlines an yeah. entire wheel of cheese. It's really crazy. What is going on? Um, And then, yeah, Doofenshmirtz is, like, super mad. Understandably. And... Yeah. Is like firing the age accelerator grenader. Doofenshmirtz had to murder so many cows to make that cheese. I know. <laughs> Honestly, you know do how you long think... it takes to winch a cow up to the ceiling by yourself. I was gonna yourself? say that. I was like, do you think that some of the cows like fell on the cauldron? Like <laughs> he was like, <laughs> Doofenshmirtz oh, got it. kicked in the head by a cow. And I yes, <laughs> I absolutely do. And then his cheese is just gone. And if I was Doofenshmirtz, I would be so mad too. I would be so upset. <sighs> <laughs> anyway, so back at the theater, Phineas Ferb, Candace, everyone's optimistic about like the movie because the teenagers really like it, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's it. They cut back to Agent P and Dr. D fighting over the cheese. And yeah, Dr. D's like firing the age accelerator inator everywhere, and one of the like beams hits the whole theater, question mark, whatever. I guess. Uh, and it's a bunch of old people who like are really crotchety and mean and like hate the movie and they all because they say it's really loud and so they all leave (laughs) which yeah okay anyway i have a comment for later yeah okay so dr d traps agent p turns the power knob up zaps both of them (laughs) they both get really old but then uh agent p rips (laughs) off his skin revealing that He's just normal, and he's wearing an age accelerator and nader proof. Yeah, I was like, what? I have so many questions. Does he wear that all the time? No idea. Just a skin tight, head to toe, Perry shaped suit. Yeah, I guess. Also, I don't. Perry's just like oh for two for these episodes. Like, okay, eating all of his cheese, unprofessional. You caused a problem that didn't exist before, and then failed to solve that problem. Yeah. 
And then he's just Doofenshmirtz is just old, and he goes, "Well, it's already four thirty. I think I'm going to bed." And I was like, "Yeah, well, same thing with that theater full of teenagers who are now eighty. Like yeah. their lives are just ruined now." They're Which just... okay, yeah. So you they cut back to the theater, and all of them leave, and he goes, "The producers like, sorry guys, everyone hated it. We're not producing the movie." And I was like, "Do you not see no the one? old people walking out of the theater? You filled it with teenagers. No yeah, one's going to no question that whatsoever." Oh <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> entirely different group of people walking out anyway thanks and ferb go home and show candace their internet video which is a slow down version of her yelling at them and then like a little earth necklace exploding terrible yeah special effect also why did they make this why is it called the swamp monster of dan i was like that's a hate crime <laughs> who like what it's bullying Why are millions of people watching this i was like this is like not good yeah no idea also like what happened to that entire movie like yeah. i guess maybe they don't own the rights to it but i was like I mean, put sure, the movie but... on your channel like yeah well, surely oh boy anyway and then uh Phineas goes fame is fleeting and then Ferb goes but the internet is forever and i was like that's rubbing salt in the wound yeah also you're cyberbullying candace exactly. and then candace faints and finney says good night candace and that's the end of the episode oh boy yeah candace <laughs> collapses because she's having okay, an aneurysm because she's sustained multiple tbis in the last 12 hours yeah I okay just, wait i can't get over the cow room I... oh i can't either adding to the cyberbullying though the end credits mm. there's a scene where candace is walking on the sidewalk and a bunch oh, yeah. of kids recognize her as the swamp monster of danville and i was like that is definitely bullying like she's that's a mean thing to say so like at the mean. end they're like wow she's so cool and i'm like mm. okay but like mm. yeah that's not it you guys ruined candace's life she has to go back to school in the fall like yeah what are you guys what are you guys doing yeah yeah in fairness candace has embarrassed herself on a public stage more than once but still yeah that's usually true. she's driven to it what a, what a wild ride um yeah 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 wait okay i feel like we kind of breezed over the fact that carl's name is carl carl okay that's true i i just i don't know what to say about it that's I insane it's, it's <laughs> the least amount of work truly that they could do what? Why would they do that? i don't know i don't oh, know we'll talk about it when he's like fully in the thing okay the next one is the bigfoot episode <gasps> uh, yes. exciting. it's like a yeah summer camp thing mm. and then uh tree to get ready which i think is the like tree fighting one the like oh that's a good one is that is that what i'm thinking of the treehouse one yes it's the treehouse mm, one yeah nice yep all right amazing well, this was fantastic. Good episoding. Um, uh, yep, we really, we really did it. We did. Okay. Okay. Bye. Uh, bye.